Cinema Swirl. Can I top you off, hon? It's episode number 41. Hello, everyone there. It's waitress Kevin Mahan here from the south of the 50s. Join us now always in this dance-through Tinseltown, Hollywood, California way is what they call it these days. Sam Chaplin, my OTP, who's not seen any of the films. How are you getting on, Sam? Merry New Year to you. Merry New Year. Welcome to 2019. I'm doing pretty well, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. I'm uh, full of New Year spirit. Mm-hmm. Tis the season of a whole new set of seasons. What will these seasons bring us? Perhaps summer, autumn, fall and winter and the other one. There's a, I believe there's a, an additional one. Sam, have you got any New Year's resolutions? Watch more films. That's what I'm going to oh. do in this new year. Watch more yep. films. On Cinema Swirl. <laughs> on Cinema Swirl. You at Cinema Swirl at the podcast you're listening to. Dot com. Yeah. I'm very happy to see you here for another year. Fresh year. Fresh start. Yeah. New year, new me. New year, new you. Are yeah. you going to be uh, living your truth this year, Sam? I think so. Yeah. I reckon I'll be living my truth. I've reached a point in my life where the, any sort of phrase of live your blank is... Yeah really funny to me i mean there is i don't know if you see the new mcdonald's ads that they've got it says <laughs> live your best lunch <laughs> and it's so, that's great like, though and i, I like don't think they're being ironic like no live your best lunch oh man i hope they'll come out with live laugh lunch soon like <laughs> as the next one like you just have that hung up you know in a nice nice tasteful font in the large a2 glass thing we got at the works so, uh, here today, Sam, to talk about another movie mm-hmm. from the master of deception. We've been trapped in his cube for many years. Yes. Stanley Rubik's. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. We put up uh, a bit of a poll for this one, Sam. Mm-hmm. How did the voting go down? The voting went down, it was quite interesting. I didn't know which one people would go for. We, we had a far and away clear winner. Who are our entries? We had. Who are our contestants here in the. We've Dr. Strangelove from Birmingham. Yeah. Who spends time <laughs> in his mum's flat and uh, would like you to come have this We've had a with Laura, him. Laura laughs. We had. <laughs> Dr. Strangelove. Full Metal Jacket and 2001 A Space Odyssey. AKA The Thinking Man's Vote. Yeah. <laughs> Not to, not sorry, everyone who's just here waiting to vote for the war movie. Like, I knew you all would. Well, the winner was Full Metal Jacket. The other two were pretty much bang on even. The, the one thing I did notice, though, Sam, I might take it up with the Electoral Commission and the voting ombudsman. Sure. But I did notice that for some reason, Dr. Strangelove, although not receiving anywhere near the correct number of votes to win, did receive the highest number of votes accidentally typed out in the comment section as opposed to <laughs> the reaction as instructed. Well, very, very fucking clearly. No, 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 no. Hey, now. It, it's skewed old, that one, is what I'm saying. Like, I'm pretty sure somewhere my dad just picked up his phone and went, Dr. Strangelove, and spoke into it <laughs> and hoped that his vote would somehow be registered. It's 2019. We use reactions. We tried a new thing, and it worked very well, but some people did vote the old-fashioned way, which I, I understand. I understand that if you're used to something from the old days, or from, you know, last year... <laughs> used to have to pay two and six to go vote back in the day (laughs) or whatever the fuck it was like get with the times people the reason why brexit came is because you didn't vote with your reaction it was meant to be the shocked face and you all wrote down no i would not like to or yes i would like to you ruined it you idiots but uh yeah 
Full Metal Jacket as the winner. War. Oh, war. Here we go again. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing, mate. Well, tell that to the maker of this movie, (laughs) Stanley Kubrick, who had a great time making this one. But before we get into the mysterious world of Full Metal Jacket, let's dive into the the here and now of the mailbag. Welcome to the mailbag. Yo! Um, no? We're in the mailbag. What? <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, because we have to brand the segments hard, like, and I don't feel oh. the mailbag's got there. So I All think right. if we just repeat where it is and where, where we're at with it, like, you mailbag. know. Mailbag. Mailbag. Yo, you're in the mailbag with Kevin and Sam here. Oh, I thought you said no rather than yo. Oh! I, I said welcome <laughs> to the mailbag and you just went, no. <laughs> no, take it again. Do it again. <laughs> How many times do you think with like Run DMC and the kind of the old hip hop where yo was used a lot, where the guy would say yo and he's like, oh, I thought you were enjoying our freestyle <laughs> rap here and you just gonna disregard us? I thought you'd come, you'd join in and you do a bit, D. Come on. What the fuck? Like, you're lucky it's not just MC because it would make sense if you were gone. That's all I'm saying. It would make a lot of sense. I thought you genuinely were like unhappy with my introduction <laughs> to the mailbag. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> are you rushing or are you dragging go again that's a reference to a movie yeah good job thank you how's it feel to be doing those now like a big it's, boy it's great i saw whiplash recently and it was oh, oh it made me very anxious it's a oh, difficult it's very... film to watch it is it's really never... good but it's hard <laughs> to if watch. you've not seen jk simmons play a nazi in oz you'll never look at jk simmons the right. same way again I haven't seen that, but oh, it was a it was a tough watch, but it was a good watch. Welcome to the mailbag. Yo, we're in the mailbag. No, check it. We're in the mailbag. <laughs> if you've got questions to send into the mailbag, why don't you send them on in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.mailbag. Or over on facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. Mailbag. Mailbag. Ma- mailbag. <laughs> so our first- mailbag. Our first question here has come in on cinemaswell at gmail.com. That's cinemaswell at gmail.com. The subject line here is Sam. The That's you, so it is. <laughs> the sender is Sam's dad. <laughs> and we had an issue last episode where we didn't read out an email address, but I think it's okay for me to read out this one because the email address is samchaplinsdad at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> the email reads as follows. Sam, it's your father. Please give me some other way to communicate with you besides emailing your podcast. It makes me very sad. All the best, Sam's dad. All right. You you could tell I was brought up by the Beano because I saw that earlier in the week in in the mailbag. Mm. And I I actually legitimately thought, oh, that is Sam from Sam's dad. Because I I thought, you know, like Dennis the Menace's dad is just known as Dennis's dad. Yeah. That your father would just be known as Sam's dad and have an email address that says. Well, we don't know. Maybe that's that's the email address that my dad has set up. Um, I've also noticed that, I mean, in response to this email, sorry, dad. Gmail is giving me automatic responses to this. So it's please give me some other way to communicate besides emailing your podcast. It makes me very sad. The automatic responses I can just click on here are I'm sorry to hear that. Who are you? And thanks, I will. Um, okay. Who are you is my favourite there. Can, can you do all three? No, it won't let you just, like... Emerge all three. Because I feel all three I want to know. Like, you know, I feel like I'm in the game and I want all three options here at the moment. But I am just going to send I'm sorry to hear that back to Sam Chapman's dad at hotmail.com and see if... Yeah, I think so. 
Let's keep this going. Sam, you know, ever since that fucking guy from Catfish took that really creepy uh, picture in the elevator, mm. said it was like a safe space, even though he was a creep and all. The market's wide open for this catfish business. Mm. And I think we got one on the line here. Because, Sam, I don't think that's your dad. Uh, well, uh, the still I mean, just, Can you imagine how long your dad's been catfishing you like? Is he thinking <laughs> that you're, he's your dad? And he's not like... This is like huge. This is literally right. the biggest episode of Catfish ever. Stick around, folks. Stay tuned. We'll see how this all pans out. Oh, man. We've got some more questions here. This one is in from Charlie Crowley, and this was sent in on facebook.com forward slash cinema swell. Charlie's question is as follows. Does ketchup belong in the fridge or pantry? Brackets, shelf. Fridge, Protestant, anywhere else, normal. Like, that That was, yeah. You know what? I'm glad we're on common ground here, because I would say don't put it in the fridge. Now, people in the comments below that have argued that that's what it says on the label. It says put it in the fridge, but who reads the fucking label, you know? Yeah, it also says if you're not satisfied with this product to contact them, and I've never been satisfied with ketchup as a concept. I'm not going to fucking rice, so... Yeah, fuck you, Bottle. I'm not listening to you, yeah? But I think the reason Sans is this, Sam, is that obviously, you know, if you put your tomatoes in the fridge, Mm. awful, awful time, because they get hard, the flavor's all in the liquid, and the liquid doesn't get come out. You should put your tomatoes at room temperature after you slice them as well, and I think the same goes for the tomato ketchup because I am assured there's a large amount of actual tomato in there and being at room temperature would allow those natural flavours to come out. Sam, eight tomatoes my mother had in the fridge over Christmas. I was mortified. Mortified. My instinct would be to have tomatoes in the fridge. but But now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, they're a fruit. And fruit goes in a room temperature fruit bowl. It does. And Sam, you will taste the tastiest tomatoes ever. You'll kind of go, oh, I've got that hothouse tomato sensation just (laughs) from the ones I got down in the shop. So there you go. Ah, okay. Interesting. But I'm glad we agreed on that. That's made me genuinely very happy. But if you're one of those people who put ketchup in your fridge, (laughs) we will come to your house and we will physically take it out. Like... (laughs) We will, we will just take it out. I just, I don't want, like, cold sauce on my Ew. hot dinner. Yeah. Like, oh, chilled this, this, sauce. Let's, let's dip our chips into this cold red sorbet. Delicious. Give me that room temperature sauce. It's a sauce, not a velouté. Yeah. Yeah. Damn right. This next question comes from Chris Smith, who asks, subtitles or dubbed? Oh, right. This is the, the anime business, isn't mm. it? Funnily enough, I'll always throw up them. I'm, I'm going to say both, like, like a Philistine. Uh, no, that's a po- good idea. Yeah, house policy here, where I am. Everything that's on the telly, we put on the subtitles. I've started doing that. Yeah, it's the best. Often there's dual screening. Often there's people editing audio. There's all sorts going on here. It's a creative hub. It is, exactly, yeah. Sam. So you got your put your subtitles on. like. Mm. So I, I have often heard that listening to the original, you know, in anime, you know, not mm. going for your, your dubbings that that is often the best way and I think historically that has been the case mm. but some of the more recent dubs from the, the big box animes that have come out I think that you go okay you're gonna get Christian Bale if you don't listen to the dub come on go listen to Hell's Moving Castle with Christian Bale I think there's some very good quality dubs out there ordinarily I would say I would agree with the kind of old-fashioned kind of subtitles is the authentic way to watch it yeah and I would agree with that for the most part however for films that you want to like watch in one sitting and pay attention to, I would say, subtitles. But uh, have you watched Tidying Up with Marie Kondo? Marie Kondo, I have. Yeah, I wanted to watch that, but I realised very quickly that I was going to struggle because there's the subtitle bits. And with programmes like that, I just like to kind of look at my phone and do other stuff while I have something nice on in the background. Oh, well, you can't do that. And I miss bits. I miss big chunks of it and I have to go back. And I, I, I gave up on it. 
because I want to just watch like nice, comforting tat TV. I, I'm sure it's very good. Well, in fairness, Sam, they gave up on it as well after like the second episode. It feels like as a concept. So don't worry. It's it eh, doesn't spark joy. No, it doesn't. No. Uh, if I Marie Kondo was here, I'd pick her up and I would thank her for for helping me and all that, and then I would <laughs> you know, the thank her and then and put her away, like <laughs> give her to friends or family or put her in the bin. Thank her for her service and bringing me on the journey and all that. But she no longer sparks joy for me. So I'm sorry. Is debin for you, Marie Kondo. Okay, well, now, Kevin, that's all the questions we have for this week because I want to take you into a special feature that I've got for you. Oh, a special feature? Cue the music. New Year, New You, or New Year, Old Habits, Die Hard, with a vengeance? What I'm going to say is that it's been roughly two years, maybe longer. I can't really remember when I stopped drinking Pepsi, and indeed caffeine on the whole. Do you know what, Sam? That is Mm. how you know that you've properly kicked a habit, is when you've forgotten when it has been. Because it's not out of your mind, it's out of your thought loop now. But yeah, why are you playing this music then? What I will say to you is that, Kevin, I have had some Pepsi Max between the last time we recorded and now AMA so why AMA <laughs> AMA AMA what happens in Canada when someone wants to do an AMA and <laughs> then they, they say A at the end and then it's like what AMA, AMA, eh? AMA the American Association what, it's, it's going to be very big then isn't it it's a, right my A mm. yeah my A my ask because yep. I can MA anything for you you can be anything anything <laughs> Why? Because I was thirsty. Yeah. And I was in a car making quite a long journey. Yeah. And that was all that was in the car in terms of... Did you get into Pepsi Man's car again? (laughs) Did he just pull up and and give you the long finger? Sam, I told you not to trust him. He has no eyes. He shouldn't be on the road. It wasn't my car. I wasn't driving. So this was someone else's decision as to what drinks were in the car. And the only thing that was there was was Pepsi Max. So this fucking enabler is like, here, get into my car. We're going on a long journey. (laughs) By the way, I've put in some of that heroin that you so like. Your favourite. I was thirsty. I needed a drink. It was all that was available. I had to have it. First question. Mm. How long until you realised that you were thirsty did you kind of... like? Was it like, oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, got to have it. Or was it a, was there the battle between green Sam and grey Sam in your head? This was just before the new year. And I thought... I knew the Pepsi Max was in the car because I was there when it was purchased. And it was it was purchased from the, the back of a, a fridge. So it got all icy. Oh, Sam. It got all icy. It was very cold. And You're I making knew- even me want it. And it's fucking January. And I don't even like Pepsi. I knew that was in the car. And I didn't even think to myself, oh, I need a drink as well. And so I knew it was there. And as soon as I became thirsty, I was like, I'm going to have to have some of that Pepsi Max. Wow. My attitude changed from, well, I'm never having that again to just, why not? It doesn't matter. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to get back into it full. Oh. Well, that's what they all say. All right. That's what they all say. I'll just have one like... cheeky one and it'll be fine. And then I'd wake up surrounded by Pepsi Max bottles. Okay, are you secretly continuing to drink Pepsi Max in, like, a a basement or a toilet or 
a boiler room or a, a, a dank hole. Haven't had any since. I had it. It was, I'll tell you what it was like. It was extremely strong. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> it would knock the socks off. It like. really was, it was maximum taste in there. Did all these like kind of mates just kind of appear out of this like yeah. blue energy? Like There was so much taste to it. It was really like, it, te- it tasted too much for me. It was a bit sickly. Sam, would you say that your reaction was, that's good squishy. <laughs> <laughs> or thereabouts. No, it was just like, oh, that's a bit stronger than I remember. I think I must have desensitized my taste buds to oh, absolutely. Pepsi Max. Absolutely, you would have. And tell me, did it make you all jiggy? Did it make, did it make you all jig about? Like, were you all full of energy? No, not really, because I only had like a little swig just to, to get me going. Well, that's actually impressive that you managed to have just a swig because yeah. it's a as a syrupy drink, it notoriously makes, makes one thirstier. More thirstier. So I'm, a, I'm a, that shows a willpower that I didn't think you would have had if you were to. <laughs> well, like, if if you're telling me you're at the level where you're going to have it, I would have thought you're then at the level where you're going to have one sip and no more. If I'm going to have it, I'm going to have all of it all the time forever. Yeah. Now, yeah, you're going to have a glug. Go get your glug on. I'm all right. Where does this leave you then? I don't know because it it, it leaves me in a place where the streak is broken. The streak's yeah. over. It's over. And it wasn't a, a big dramatic moment. It wasn't on some sort of charity live stream like it should have been. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Can you imagine the money that could have went? <laughs> that you've literally just glugged away. So, I don't know. I'm not sure what happens now. I don't want any more again. But if, if I, you know, if someone offers me a cola or a caffeinated beverage, I'm, I'm going to be more tempted because I'm just like, well, maybe. Okay, Sam, uh, all I'll say to you is that you need to retool that Pepsi Swirl logo so it's more like a, a Netflix docu-series where it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just so that when we come back to this, I feel if it's very upbeat and we're talking about you relapsing, it yeah. may give the wrong impression. So you need to strike a serious tone. Uh, At the moment, this is not getting too serious, but I imagine we can come back, to, we can re- revisit this conversation later. Go, wow. Like, remember when you said you just you were just going to have the one? <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. So that was Pepsi Swell. It was nice to be back in Pepsi Swell land again. I cannot say the same. I'm worried about nah, you, Sam. To be honest, I just want an excuse to play the jingle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can just listen to it yourself, like... Oh, God. Well, I feel kind of bad now about this, but I've got a new segment. It's called (laughs) Chickens Coming Home to Roost. (laughs) 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 Ahoy there, cluck, cluck. It's me, your old pal, Rooster Kevin Mahan, who's... Here in the in the in the egg dome with Sam Chaplin. Sam, your chickens have come home to roost. There's a lot of eggs on your plate, and mm. uh, it's going to end up all over your face. So read out the results of the poll, please. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yes. Yeah, I no, I thought you were just going to talk about like how you'd made some chicken, and it was not. Nice. Wait a minute. There's no actual chicken here. <laughs> okay, welcome to the chickens have come home to roost. Bacar. This is the results of the poll. No, wait, hang on, I want this to be like Brexit, so there should be a drum roll. There should be Nigel Farage saying, yeah, we've probably fucked it. Yeah, I've already done a run on the pound, it's all right. Like, come on, let's do it, come on. Drum roll, drum roll. Yes, here we go, come on, baby. I'm in the fucking drum roll, Jesus. Yes, here we go. So this, the results of this 
We didn't know the results last time we recorded, and now we do. Yeah, let's not be kidding ourselves. We knew the results when oh, we no, recorded no, last no, we didn't, time. We didn't, but it was still, there was still time. There's um, a whole day left. The landscape of Cinema Swell has changed. I don't know if you can tell just by the atmosphere here at Cinema Swell Towers. Yeah, because the atmosphere right now is a drum roll that has went on far <laughs> too long. <laughs> So stop the drum roll, all right? Now stop it. A little bit of silence. All right, okay. Yep. Now, can we fucking start the drum roll and read the result, please? <clears throat> okay, so... We've only got the drummer till six. <clears throat> the the question we were asking the people was, crispy M&Ms are, and the options here were nice and not nice, Yeah. Uh, not nice received 22% of the vote, which is very respectable. <laughs> There were a lot of votes for this, by the way. It's 800 and something. Um, Jesus! Yeah, people were quite passionate about this. So well, um, yeah, that's very uh, unanimous then. So if, we can conclude uh, that Nice came in with 78% of the votes ooh, and, and, and won there. Hang on a second. Let me crunch the numbers again. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Nice one. Fair and square. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> now, the stipulation of this... What was the stipulation um, again? Was that if, if Nice won... Then I, I would have to watch... Well, you said another Lord of the Rings film. You made a promise, Mr. Chaplin, and I don't mean to break it. I don't uh, mean to. In the comments below the vote, there are already people trying to find loopholes. Oh, come on. There was an animated Lord of the Rings film, and that would People's be vote. an animated... Fucking, come on. Respect democracy. Respect the decision. I would argue that because I've seen Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, that makes it exempt from Cinemas World inclusion anyway, and the vote was just advisory, so it's not actually binding, so none of this matters, so I've got away with it. I don't have to watch it. That would be my argument. Kevin Mann, please (laughs) take to the podium, and you have a few moments to respond. I will be fair Mm -hmm. in the fact that I have completely dominated you, and much like in Civilization, if I was to have taken nine of your cities and you begged me for peace on every turn, on the tenth turn, I will give you a city back. Sure. You know, because I'm magnanimous like that. Yeah, yeah. You claim to have seen the movie before, Sam. Yeah. We're still in the Chickens Coming Home to Roost segment, but I need a new segment within this segment. We, we've been encapsulated. <laughs> this is called Last Chance Saloon. <laughs> that was a bullet ricocheting. Okay. okay. All right, we're here in the Root and Tootin' Last Chance Saloon. Uh, Within last... the broader Chickens Coming Home to Roost. Yes, obviously. Yeah, as part La- of Chickens Coming Home to Roost. As part of Chickens to Roost. Okay. The recurring bit of Chickens Coming Home to Roost. Everyone knows it's not Chickens Coming Home to Roost until we have a little bit of Last Chance Saloon. So, in <laughs> Last Chance Saloon, I- I- I'm going to give you an option here, Sal, okay? okay? Which is, if you can answer me these questions three, okay. Lord of the Rings, do not watch, have to, ye... Because if you can prove to me that you have a basic understanding of the movie, well then, what's the issue there, Okay, right? sure. Do I have to answer all three correctly, or is it best of three? I'd say best of three. Best of three, okay. Best of three, okay. All right, deal. Who resides in the Tower of Orthanc? <laughs> oh. Who resides <laughs> in, the, in the Tower of Orthanc? Oh, uh, ah, ah, ah. I heard clicking there. Fuck no, no, off. no, there wasn't. You, you could see me. There's Keep no, them hands no where I can see them. I hand, hands in the air. Man. All right. I've never thought I'd be able to use the phrase "hands in the air" and not have to follow up with "raise them like you just don't care." Like I'm, I'm finally. What's the question? Who lives in the Tower of? Who, who resides within the Tower of Orthanc? Oh, uh, Sauron. Wrong. Ah, uh, 
Slime! Slime him! Slime? There's a button, it should have been... Oh, I, I thought Slime was a character from fucking Lord of the Rings. No, 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 it was... Slime lives in the tower as well. It was Sauron. Sorry, my hotkeys were meant to be set up, so when I pressed what F11, I say? you said Sauron. What's the answer? Sauron. Oh, come on. Are they... Wait, is Sauron a character? Sauron is a character, yes. Is you Sa don't even know if Sauron's a character, for fuck's sake, guys. Is Sauron a different character? Yes! They're different characters. Yes! Sauron How? and Sauron. I don't think you didn't even watch Fellowship of the Ring and you were in the room with me. <laughs> if you were in the room with me, I would absolutely 100% think you didn't watch it. Right. No, okay. okay. Let's, we'll fucking go again. Okay. 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 Well, we, I, I need to get these two to stay in the game. Okay. Find the halfling, Slurts was instructed at the end of Fellowship of the Ring by Sauron. He did indeed find the halflings, but which ones? Merry and Pippin. Hey, very ah, good. Still in the game. There we go. See now okay. the way the way you phrased that yep. sounded like you were saying that I, I would think it was Frodo and Sam. But it's I I think Merry and Pippin fucked off somewhere else and got lost or something. I can't remember what happened in the first one. Final question. So it, it was a guess. <laughs> well, that's good. That is good. I'm glad you know that much at least. Okay. <laughs> okay. What happens to Gandalf? Briefly, just what in the movie, what happens to Gandalf? In the two, Lord of the Rings, the two tyrants, what happens to Gandalf? That's the whole question. That's the question. It, you what happens this to Gandalf? The long answer question. This is the part C. It's worth six marks. Six points. Middle one, please. And you will get a mark for your QWC, your quality of written communication. Or oral communication. Quack, in this case. Okay, 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 okay. Something is coming back to me now. Yeah. What, what happened in the first one to Gandalf? <laughs> was, was, he, was he Gandalf the Grey in the first one? You fucking tell me. Oh, okay. Oh, Come on, answer the God. question. He, he dyes one colour and comes back a slightly different shade of that colour. Yeah, but why? What happens? What does he do? Where does he go? Okay, so we're agreeing that he dies in the second That one. happened in the first movie. Did Come it? on. Oh my god. They uh, fall into the... Okay, okay. Uh, one, I'll give you... All right, you can have that one or okay. double or nothing. I'll give you one other chance. One other question. <laughs> okay. Okay. you got to go for the gamble. Yeah. Who signs the horn in Helm's Deep? Mm, um... <coughs> <laughs> Who sounds the horn in Helm's Deep? Mm-hmm. Helm's Deep. Sam, I'm gonna need an answer. Boom ba doom ba doom boom ba doom ba doom boom ba doom 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 Whiplash come in and shout at you, and he's meant to be extra sweaty because I press shift as well. These are all wrong. Who who was it? Gimli. The Hornberg will Gimli. sound one more time. Yes. Right. And then he runs up. Well, don't so. tell me what happens to Gandalf, because I guess I've got to find that out now. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Gandalf uh, does die, of course, at the end of the first movie when fighting the Balrog, but then he's brought back by the spirit world because his duty's not done yet. He returns to the forest as Gandalf the White. He is confronted by, by Marion. Don't he tell me all this. I don't... Okay. We'll, we'll find it out later. Well, there's plenty of look to look forward to when Cinema Swirl... Episode 42 well, no, will well, be <laughs> episode 42 towers more like. Oh, oh, oh my faulty, strong faulty branding. Faulty towers, mate. Faulty towers because it's a shit film. <laughs> 
You know what this is like, right? If if that's Faulty Towers, then you're Russell Brand and you're Matt, Jonathan Ross ringing up Manuel's granddaughter being naughty. And that's what you are then to, to this analogy. My only hope when I got those questions wrong was that I would be able to delay what episode it was indefinitely. Be, we no. will do it at some point and just push, keep pushing it back. But you're no. saying the next episode is Lord of the Rings. 42 Towers. Yeah! 42 Towers. All right. And uh, thank you, everyone, for your help in this democracy, uh, this democratic exercise, the most pertinent for an entire generation. And I'll assure you that the Two Towers, the deal for getting this episode recorded, will be implemented swiftly, without any chaos. It's going to be easy-peasy pudding and pie. So the people who voted, Cinema Swell means nothing to you. So congratulations, you've, you've ruined it. Well done. Well, t- tell you what, though, guys. Why don't we all enjoy some crispy M&Ms together, huh? Because uh, uh, yeah. thanks very much, guys, for listening to another episode of Last Chance Saloon. <laughs> Let's throw it back to Kevin in the barn. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> and that's going to do it for... Oh, what the fuck was it? Uh, chickens coming <laughs> off your roost. <laughs> Ah, oh, right. We're back into Cinema Swell. Wow. How oh, it feels like a lifetime ago. Huh? Yeah. So today we're watching Full Metal Jacket from Stanley Kubrick. Mm. One of the early and most beloved episodes of this classic podcast is The Shining. Yeah. And Stanley Kubrick, The Shining, I believe, was the first movie of his that you checked out? No, I, I'd seen The Clockwork Orange. Was that was it. Yes, yeah. yes. When I was uh, far too young. Uh, you've not seen any Kubrick since? No, I've seen Clockwork Orange, Shining, and I, yeah, haven't seen any more. Have you thought about The Shining much since we did that episode? Yes. Just in, in my deepest, darkest nightmares, it occasionally <laughs> fucking pops in there. The the woman in the bath. Just the shape of the pattern on the carpet keeps coming to my mind sometimes. Interesting. And that freaks me out. I think about that weird documentary full of theories that was a bit crap. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, everyone who um, recommended that to us. It was a it was, it, No, I, I'm glad I watched it, but it, it was full of absolute stretches, wasn't it? It was so many stretches. It's like, yeah. and you look, because he's telling you that he's done the moon landing, because if you look <laughs> at the key, it says, uh, it says moon room on it. It doesn't. It says room. Room fucking whatever. Come on. Moon room. And, and then if you look up at the clouds, it's Stanley Kubrick having a wee. No, it's not. And if you listen to the keys on the typewriter, Jack Nicholson's actually typing, I, Stanley Kubrick, filmed the moon landing. But it doesn't <laughs> actually show that on the paper. You can tell by the position of the keys. Well, I don't think we've really lifted the flagstone, so to speak, on the involvement of the Native Americans uh, with the moon landing being Faith Sam. So I really thought we could spend some time kind of hammering out those theories here today. But Full Metal Jacket, mm. is it one that you've heard of? Yes. Uh, what capacity have you heard of this movie? I've heard the name. I like the poster. I feel well, that What's the... the poster that you like about it? We got the helmet with Born to Kill on it. <laughs> well, yes. White background, helmet, Born to Kill. Very simple poster. Very effective mm. poster. I like it. It was parodied in a PlayStation 1 game, I think, called Hogs of War. Shit, you're right. That had, like, Born to Grill or something on the... Or fucking sausages or helmet. something. <laughs> Just fucking sausages. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the poster. I like the name. I... I think it's been referenced in all sorts of places. Possibly The Simpsons. Mm? I think there's, Homer's been in the Army or the Navy or something. And it's there's been... so much Stanley Kubrick in The Simpsons. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So what if it's been referenced, what type of things? Like, Do you know any quotes or famous bits from the movie? What's your something malfunction, you 
silly Burke. What is it? What's Major Malfunction? Hey! Of course, Major Malfunction, who is uh, promoted from Rear Admiral Malfunction, and then went on to become Field Marshal Malfunction, <laughs> one of the uh, greatest army strategists of our generation. I know Major Malfunction. I know that there is something called the kind of Stanley Kubrick face shot or something like that. A way he films people looking a bit scary from, like, below. Mm. Um, so I know there's... I know there was some of that in The Shining with Jack Nicholson, and I think there was some of that with a character in Full Metal Jacket pulling a very scary face mm. and kind of looking down kind of at the camera and maybe smiling or maybe grimacing or something. I tell I think- you, one thing which definitely I took away from that Shining documentary was that it did convince me that Stanley Kubrick overthinks, and like, well, not overthink in a bad way, but he puts in so much thought to every oh, shot yes, and everything. It's all on purpose. Allegedly. <laughs> well, if, if you look at Stanley Kubrick filmography on Wikipedia, the gaps between films become longer and longer and longer. And I think that's just because he's he will labour so much over these films. The further he gets into his career, the more he gets into deep into filmmaking. So, you know, it's about war. You know, major malfunction. Uh, what war? Vietnam. Vietnam. Sam, what, in your opinion, was the best war? The Great War. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the name. It was the Great Air War, wasn't it? Yeah. And that's why we'll never forget what a great war it was. Like, great yeah. job, everyone. I don't have a favourite. No? No, do you? Falklands. Falklands? Falklands is good. Because yeah. I think Falklands was important to show that, you know, that at any point, two random countries who you reckon could not have no beef could have a war and it could escalate. So I thought it was kind of one of those important, like, just now, when we were in Ireland hearing about the Falklands War, we were like, well, now isn't it just as well because you know we're we're neutral so anyone could have a war so there now and it was like it was like sitting in and watching a a heavy storm outside or something like that going isn't it well we're inside wearing our coats now isn't it Mm. so that's kind of the the feeling we got from it i think as a as a nation yeah absolutely a couple of other wars i liked the war on drugs yeah 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 we all know the winner of that one. Which is Narco Season 2, streaming now on <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> and the war on free speech. Yeah. Which is <laughs> happening right now. Yeah, because actually Sam had loads of real like hot takes, but they've been edited out. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Kevin, you can't say that. Oh, you can't, you can't make jokes about editing out anything these days. It'd love <laughs> to get edited out. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Uh, so those are some of my favourite wars. Oh, that's good to know. Mm. Yeah. I think that you're going to enjoy this movie because... Seymour Skinner was in Vietnam, wasn't he? He was in the Vietnam War. It was, yes. I mean, like, Vietnam is something which I think I watched a lot of movies about growing up because when I was growing up in the 90s, Mm. there was a lot of directors who obviously either had experiences from their parents or from themselves being in the war. and It was a a hot topic. It's not so much about Vietnam these days. But in the 80s and 90s, there was a shitload of movies about Vietnam. And that is the war that my dad alluded to having been in when I found out that he was in the Army Reserves once summer when he was 16 in Galway <laughs> where right. he was able to get a pint for a thruppence and he got free mashed potato and gravy so uh, that was and he drove an armoured car once which was not the same as going to Vietnam I now realise um, the war in Vietnam that was in the 60s late 60s yeah yeah so I think 80s 90s was sort of well even 70s was when enough time had passed to start making films about that war, if that makes sense. Yeah, whereas I think these days it take like 
a lot. It took a lot of time for the information to come back from those wars and those times, and for it to be disseminated through books and scholars. And, yeah, and so some things were confidential, and some things didn't come out for ages. Yeah, and lots of stuff only came out because it got leaked. Now, that movie, um, I don't know if you saw the movie about the Washington Post that came out with Meryl yeah. Streep and Tom Hanks. Really great. That was about a lot of the stuff about the Vietnam War that got, documents that got leaked. Oh, okay. And the only reason we knew a lot about the war is because people purposely leaked documents from inside the government. It was very uh, salacious stuff. But mm. like, these days, you know, they're just Snapchatting the wars. It's happening. <laughs> so it's all on your Instagram story anyway. Yeah. It's happening right now. They like, just so live stream war films to the cinemas as they're happening from the war. Like, you just go to the cinema and watch actual war. Which episode of Black Mirror was that? Am I right? <laughs> I think Osama Bin Laden is like the only lad who managed to actually be a villain in movies while he was still alive mm. and being hunted. Like, it's like, mm. let's just wait a couple of years, lads. Wait till John Cena says we can make <laughs> movies about it. Well, what, what did John Cena say? We have, have caused and compromised to, to a permanent, permanent end. end. Uh, oh, man, I'll never forget that extreme rules. That's such a good euphemism for been killed isn't it oh, I'll tell you Sam right before I sat down I got two roast sweet potatoes and some tuna <laughs> and I fucking compromised them for a permanent end <laughs> um, so are you excited to watch this now this one is it's difficult because I know the first half is fabulous many right. people complained about the second half have you ever heard anyone moan about this movie or I saw a few people in the comments on the vote but don't don't, don't give me too much about what, what happens here yeah um, I think I have it just that there's, like, training and then there's war. Much like in real war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they do do it in that order, don't they? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, um, training after the war was not much use in retrospect. No. It was worth a try, but <laughs> it went very badly wrong. No, I don't know too much about this, so I am curious. I am a fan of Kubrick's work that I've seen so far. We've not seen many war movies on this world, though, have we? Have we seen any war movies? I don't think we have. Is this our first war movie? Is that really true? God, that's mad to think. We've seen movies with, like... I mean, Predator was not a war <laughs> movie, but it had people with guns in, like, a jungle. That, that does not count. Doesn't also, count. I changed my vote for the Falklands to the war on Predators. <laughs> That is the war that I care about, like, you know. And I'm really thankful that people like Mr. Rodriguez are out there making movies about this noble effort that continues Um, to this day. I don't think we have done a war movie. Fucking hell, that's crazy. Because I was like, oh no, what cowboys are at war, are they? It's a type of war, it's different. No, we haven't. Wow, that's mad to Ah. think. God, we got to do like a World War II swirl at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a cracking war. Jesus, there's Nazis and everything. It's fucking mad. Jesus, it's crazy. Well, let's get into some war then. Yeah, let's go do a cinema swirl. see a red dawn and i want to send it back well, i ordered a, a white dawn and this was the wrong one and i want uh, to send it back okay you beat me to the punch because i was gonna say i see a football and i want to score a goal <laughs> no that it's it's the goalkeeper's lament i see a football and i have to send it back right now. <laughs> 
which is the real sad thing about all footballers is that they love they love the game and they yeah. love the beautiful the ball the ball of the game they itself love the, beautiful the, ball. the eponymous football but they're always kicking it away like you know that's really <laughs> sad isn't it like you know well, they say that war is hell. How was Full Metal Jacket for you, Sam? Uh, that was a that was an experience. I, that was good. I I think it's a, a movie of two parts. I can definitely say that yes, now. Yes, um, and I liked one part more than the other part. Really? Which part did you like more than the other part? You know which one I liked more than the other part, Kevin, because it's the one that everyone else likes more than the other part. From what I could tell from a few comments in the vote, it's the part that people like so much they decide to refer it as a good half, despite the fact. It runs in at a lean 40 minutes, and yeah. the apparently bad half, in inverted commas, runs in at a lean one hour 20. It's so, a, it's uh, a good third and uh, <laughs> less good two thirds. Yeah, I mean, we can't just say like we want to make something a half just because we like it more. I mean, come on, yeah. like, you know, if I gave you just the crusts of the pizza and I said that was half, I mean, come on now, guys, <laughs> that doesn't work that way. <laughs> so we start things off with everyone doing the thing that they love most to do in the new year. Apparently, this is a thing: haircuts. What in the new year? Yeah, I know. I three people I know. I'm like, I was talking to them like the new second, third of January. Like, oh, I'm getting my haircut today because it's the new year. I'm like, what do you mean? Because it's the new year? What does like, that mean? I don't know. I kind of feel like going around to the barbers and kind of put my hands in my pockets, going, "You doing a roaring trade at the moment?" Because I'm just queuing out the door. <laughs> Well, everyone's in for the New Year haircuts, mate, like, you know. I've never heard that that's the thing. New Year, New Year, uh, New Hair. This reminded me of a Blink-182 video. <laughs> Which one is that? Uh, it's Feeling This. Where is that the, the one with the... There's some boys with, getting their heads shaved. What do the boys do then? Then they uh, rebel and start trying to kiss the girls. Um, Are you kidding me? Because Tom, Tom DeLonge is singing about sex, and so they, they want to fuck. <laughs> Whoa! Did mom know when you got the record that's what they were talking about? No, I downloaded it from an illegal source so that I didn't have to buy a CD with a parental advisory sticker on. Actually, this was the one from like 2003, so I think I was alright by then. My parents had, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a some forty sorry I'm not a Blink One Eight Two fan. Your number bands right, right mate. I'm not, I'm not a fan, right? I think that I, I could go down the route with this of apparently some of them are mad weird in the band or whatever. I'm sure they fucking are. Uh, yeah. not, I've done no research, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> was there was there a point where they all had to sit down as as grown men in their twenties yeah. or thirties or fucking sixties, whatever it is now, yeah. and be like, are we are we cool with kind of just like pitching sex to children? Is that are we? Yeah, that's all for one and one for all. Yay! Hey. We'll be Blink One Eight Two boys forever. I mean, th- surely that came up at some point. Like, Kevin, or- every song's about sex. Come on. That's what all the kids listen to. I know, uh, hence uh, we had that classic Rolling Stones song, Painted Sex. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Taking us out of the movie there. I was going to ask you, did you ever shave your head? I never have. Really? I can't remember the last time I had my hair like properly short. Like, proper short. you got the old high and tight going on at the moment. I've got, I've got a little bit of a short haircut. I've not got long hair at the moment, but I, I don't think I've had it closely shaved since I was a very, very small child. And even then, it wasn't, you know, to that extent. What, how, how, how tight we talking? Number one or number two? All over? No, not all over. That's the thing. I'd always have ah, a bit on the, the sides, top. The bit on the top, I see. The short back yeah. and sides, bit on the top. I've never had the full shape. I'm always tempted. I always think, oh, maybe, but I've got a very big head. And I don't know what 
my skull looks like. That's the thing. I'm really glad I shaved. Like, I did go through a period of shaving my head between the ages of, like, 12 really? and 14. Yeah, 12 and 14, I shaved my head a lot because, wow. um, as you can tell from my hair, I had a bit of old uh, problem hair. Like, it's massive and super it's, thick yeah. and wiry. I hated, you know, maintaining my right. hair as, as a teenage boy. So, I was like, I'll just shave it all off. And yeah. How did that pan out? Well, it actually, I mean, it worked well in some cases because, one, it was very, very cheap. Mm. And, two, it meant that showers in the dormitories were a lot shorter affairs ah. result because I'm in and you know with this hair that I have right my hair no fucking joke it takes four hours to dry sometimes like Jesus and that's with a hairdryer <laughs> way uh, I live in a travel lodge that's why but I'm sure we've got some uh, listeners with long hair who are probably going that's nothing yeah, my yeah. hair is still drying from when I was born that's how long it but is but you don't have like long hair long hair you no, just I have, have dense hair. lots of dense hair Mm. Yeah, and after I shaved it, it never grew back. It grew back differently. It did change it forever. Like uh. it became darker in color. It became much tougher. And I w- always wondered. Like I'm very glad I did it because I did it in a German language college where a lot of boys were shaving their heads. And a lot of the boys found out that they had heads shaped like xenomorphs or the aliens and stuff. Mm. Like you can have a crease back there. Uh, mine, yeah. I've got a, I got a beautiful rounded head. It's fabulous. It's like a a smoothed celeriac out there. It's fabulous. Uh, I don't know what mine looks like, and I'm scared to find out. Well, that's it. If I was in your shoes, Mm. I wouldn't want to find out because, you know, that's too long to grow back. And also, we're at the age now, Sam, where, you know, what's up top? Don't be taking it for granted, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. That's true. It, It might never come back. (laughs) <laughs> Spoken like two guys who clearly have not worried about turning bald, but have well, many friends who are. I have worried a little bit about it. Have you? How, yeah. what's, what's, what's the biggest worry you've had? Like, did you ever scare at any point? I think I'm a bit recedy, but it hasn't really gone any further back since I was about, like, a young child. So I don't know if it's actually going or if it, if I just have a quite a far back forehead. You've, you've got less of a fringe than when I first met you, but I wouldn't say that hairline's receding. I don't know. I, I do worry about it, though. It is a concern. And I, uh, I always think I, if, if it started to happen, and I would lean into the full shave, but yeah, I don't know. See, I know people who have historically said that to me, like, yeah, you know, and then they haven't fucking done it. And then it's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm gonna <laughs> push really try. To shove, they yeah. really try. I'm really gonna try. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, you know what? If we do go bald, it'll just mean we're very, very ironic, and we'll, uh, you know, because we we have hair, and then we won't have hair. Uh, that is irony. Yeah, and we can always just go in and get Joe to edit the the graphic, the vector it's like graphic. Hair. When you don't have hair. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> but I'm sure you can easily remove the hair from our uh, from our cinema swirl uh, avatars, so no big deal. I might try doing that anyway, just to see how horrific it looks to just have these little bald cartoons. Yeah, before you shave your head, Sam, remove it from your avatar and see how it looks. See first. how it works for the brand. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's the important so, thing. So... We are in boot camp. And mm. no, this isn't where we learn about shoes and how to sell them. This is where we learn how to become lean, mean, killing machines. Because we were about the Marine Corps in that Vietnam. Now, I did do a little bit of a check. Vietnam War actually went on for fucking nearly 20 years. 55 Jesus. to 75, officially. How long were Americans involved in it? Until 73, apparently. Right. So that's fucking forever. But yeah. like, there was kind of covert stuff and then full-scale right, yeah, yeah. invasion-y stuff and all that. We're introduced to the iconic character from this movie, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, who is their drill sergeant. 
And he is a fucking force of nature, this lad. Mm. This opening scene where everyone gets their head shaved and straight away you're introduced to this guy. And I don't know, it's like first day of school and every job jitters rolled into one except you're worried you might get killed. It is such an anxiety-inducing scene, this one. Well, He's fucking horrible. He is horrible. He is a, a bit of a bastard is what I've written here. It's interesting that we talked about Whiplash briefly before getting into this. Yeah, I got that actually, similar yeah. kind of fucking vibe of like... Totally. Yeah. I think J.K. Simmons could <laughs> inhabit this role very easily. I'm just um, saying here... And the other way Gunnery, around, you could sw- sw- swap those actors around. I'm just saying here, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, you mm. could have a great troop of jazz drummers on your hands <laughs> and you wouldn't have known it with yeah. your rifle training and your this and your that. But no, he he comes across as a right prick, doesn't he, straight away. There's some there's some great lines here about, you know, turning him into killing machines. But until that day, you are pukes. Ugh. You are nothing but unorganised, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit. Wowzers. I don't know what grabastic is. Grabastic I is maybe... I checked the subtitles to be like, what does that mean? I think. Oh, I see now. We got the we got the house rules here yeah, now. Yeah. Our subtitles. Uh, Grabastic, I believe, with with amphibians. Amphibians because they go in and out of the water. They're just lecherous creeps, and they want to put their hands on oh, everything. Like, grabby. Yeah, very grabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very handsy, busy hands on the amphibians. So they have. We get introduced to uh, one of our main characters, Joker, who jokes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Private Joker, who the fuck are you? Meh, why the chicken cross the road, see? Oh, <laughs> Private Joker, your witticisms will not get you out of this, the Vietnam War. This is like when everyone tells Rocky he's like a funny guy and he always does jokes. Like, oh, Private <laughs> Joker never tells an actual joke or is funny. Yeah, if your idea of jokes is a bit of a John Wayne impression now and then, mm. which, honestly, I'm going to ask you now, did you notice that he was doing a John Wayne impression half? the time no w- wasted on you then well, isn't it's, it it sort of seemed like what did he say in the john wayne voice he said things like well first you gotta pick the peanuts out of my shit and things oh, of that, that nature was john wayne yeah i thought he was just being a fucking weirdo well i mean yeah john wayne is a fucking yeah. weirdo like <laughs> <laughs> and it's good because, I mean, any movie where you're using lots of horrible derogatory uh, offensive terms mm. against Asians, as it happened, of course, in the Vietnam War and many wars before and since, John Wayne's spirit is kind of was there on them on set almost, you know? Yeah. John Wayne kind of, once he hears the G word, he's kind of like, oh, I'll step up from hell for a second and uh, <laughs> see what... It was getting a little bit hot down there, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, um... My favorite line from Gunnery Sergeant Hartman is, How tall are you, Private? Five foot six. Five foot six? I didn't know they stack shit that high. That's very good. Some of them are like, oh, he says like, there's no racial discrimination here, and then proceeds to be racist. Yeah, but like, he's but like, Private Brown, you're black, and I'm going to give you both barrels. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. But there are some quality insults here. There's some Malcolm Tucker level swearing going on. Um, yeah. He keeps threatening everyone with PT, which yeah. I presume is why he just makes them play a very scary demo for Silent Hills on the PlayStation. A fate worse than death. <laughs> no, Sam, they're on zero hours contracts. Hey. He's going to put part-time is what he's doing. What like, is the PT know? that he's saying? I'll PT you. You'll, you'll do PT. Uh, I see Personal trainer? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Let's find out okay. with, the, with the magic of the internet. PT is physical training, so it is. Sam, okay. let me see your war face. Ah. <laughs> Ah! Ah! Way! <laughs> That's my warface. 
upload your war face now using the hashtag full metal jack face uh, do it on Instagram <laughs> guys as you can see I'm wearing the full metal jacket from ASOS <laughs> Uh, I just think it's a great jacket. I happen to be wearing it in this picture. If you want to buy it, you can click through. It is great. Like, uh, hashtag mm. Warface. Uh, you will not laugh. You will not cry in war. Mm. That doesn't sound like much fun at all, does it? Like, I thought there'd be a few tears at least. Yeah. <laughs> at least. That's what I signed up for. Oh, yeah. Tears and beers. That's what I thought yeah. war was all about. Yeah. Like. <laughs> tears and beers. Tears and beers. We meet Private Pyle. Oh, poor old Private Pyle. He, he can't stop smiling to begin with. Is that ever happened to you where you compulsively can't stop smiling? A hundred percent. Really? I do not relate at all. I suffer from getting very giggly at quite inopportune moments. Oh, really? And you get, like, smiley and you can't control it, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get scared good and proper, do you get, like, a little erection as well? <laughs> get a big erection, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, um, not not the, the second bit, but I... So when I'm at the dentist, and the dentist is, like, putting his hands in my face, and he's really close to me, I find that fucking hilarious, that there's just someone so close to my face with his uh, fingers all in my mouth. doesn't count, though, the one time it happens is when someone is literally no, no, but moving all... your mouth around, <laughs> they can't tell. Like. No, but it, it's, it's really difficult for me not to laugh and smirk. I had that once particularly badly in a, an RE lesson oh, in school. I can't remember why. Bad. I think someone near me was just dicking around and making jokes and I just, something got me to the point where I, I couldn't keep a straight face. It was excruciating. It actually kind of hurts when you're oh, so damn. giggly that you can't yeah. God, try to I, stop I, it. I imagine that's horrible, but never experienced it. <laughs> to so, me, like, uh, the funniest thing is not someone laughing, it's someone trying to stop themselves from laughing. And the mm. saddest thing is not someone crying, it's someone trying to stop themselves from crying, trying to resist the crying. Oh, yeah. Sam, that's beautiful. No. Well, uh, on to more important matters. Uh, he keeps asking them all if they eat willies. Yeah, yeah. Do you eat willies, do you? <laughs> no. I bet you do. I bet you had a whole plate load, you big willy eater. <laughs> And how about you, Private Pile? I bet loads of them you're having, huh? <laughs> what are we having for Sunday lunch around yours, Private Pile? A big roast willy, is it? Private Pile, if you don't stop smiling, I'm going to skull fuck you. Well, I mean, yeah, it, that's a, an odd thing to say to someone. It, it is, but I feel that's what happened to me when I went to see Indiana Jones 4, is that I got skull fucked. <laughs> You got kicked in with the crystal skull. Fucks. Yeah, Spielberg <laughs> held me down, and then Lucas skull fucked me. Like, and I was like, "What? What? Ain't it? What?" So, Paul can't stop smiling. Can't help himself. He's just a happy dude. He's just a fun-loving guy. Yeah, um, he's still he's, he's behaving and he's saying the right thing. He's just yeah, got a, a smiley war face. face. War face, Sam. You know, war face. He's got a smiley war face, and he the choking bit. Oh, that yeah. It's, it really starts you off on a on a bad foot there, doesn't it? it yeah, ugh. and I mean, I've, I don't know if you've watched Band of Brothers, the HBO no. show. They have a they have a big section of that is based when they're doing, you know, their training and boot yeah. camp and all that. And it is similarly horrible, but it seems to be like it's dialed up. And I'm, I know, like, this movie was, was made, like, you know, Kubrick, as he said, does fuckloads of research. It's based mm. off of, of a short story, I believe, that was, or, or, or a short novel that was released about people's experience in the Vietnam War. And he, right. he spent, like, he spent like three years talking with a guy who had basically been in Joker's position where he had been in Vietnam and had written about it. Mm. It was a war that people didn't like. It was unpopular. So they had to try 
try and dehumanize the people. And that's kind mm. of one of the main themes of the movie is like kind of the army's ability to literally turn you into a killing machine, like not just as a branding exercise. No. Yeah. I don't know what I've been told. Blink 182 years. <laughs> Blink 100. <laughs> Come on. Blink 182. <laughs> Blink 182 years old. Uh, I like the good old rhyme. <laughs> I, di- I didn't know that that the old uh, the old army would be thinking to arrive at this much, would they? They do like a, a sing song, don't they? They do, yeah. That would be my favourite bit, I think. Also, because this is a Stanley Kubrick film, we get some very nice shots here. We get some very beautiful looking things every now and then. There's a shot of these guys climbing, doing their physical training over some obstacles with a sunset behind them, and they're all silhouetted. And it's it's just great. It's just such a fucking brilliant shot of just some guys doing their army training. But it's shot so wonderfully. The colours are so warm. Yeah, it's a very, like... I feel like that was in The Simpsons. The bit where Bart and Lisa are doing... Where are they? They're like Camp Granada or whatever. (laughs) Camp Granada? Where are they? That was when they went to military school. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bart was sent to the Lisa insistent saying the whole episode is basically meant to be like a full metal jacket Mm. kind of so yeah I mean a lot I mean also as well the guy who does Hartman he's the episode where Sideshow Bob is a nuclear device Mm. he basically plays the exact same character Colonel Hepperblab you know if you don't open this door I'm gonna kick it down and rip it you know he's Mm. he's an iconic voice in of himself I was gonna ask right with all these drills how much of the whole kind of baton twirling fucking boys brigade uh, shit do you have to do with all this spinning of rifle it's like quickly here come the enemy spin your fucking around. spin around like you spun it the wrong way around it's like charged up now uh, <laughs> i don't know how much of that is involved in it. i think it's just the the repetition of obeying orders you know i think they're trying to drill it into you almost well there we are i've noticed where, like when they're doing their sing songs it's very clear diction but mm. when these drill sergeants are saying left and right Brilliant. those words yeah <laughs> There is literally a part where they're running and I have the subtitles on and the elect is like, you know what, we're going to sit this one out because it's just him going, you're bouncing. It sounds like fucking uh, characters from Animal Crossing or something like, I don't know why that happened. Why can't you just say left, right? How about L or L or L or? Or East West, East West, East West, like. There used to be um, a fruit seller in town. Um, in Nottingham, who would say three pound bananas, one pound, but would just come out like that, and that would just be. It felt like that. Oh, I thought he was supporting the local side when he was doing three that. Pound I bought bananas often because I thought I was supporting <laughs> the local team. You you Right. So you gotta fuck your gun if you're in the army. You gotta spoon it. You gotta make sweet love to it. Give it a girl name. What would you call your gun? Jean. Oh, <laughs> why Jean? I don't know. But you know what? I just what happened, Kevin, was the first thing that came to my head. Said it. If anyone else at home imagined a rifle with a pair of jeans on, uh, <laughs> congratulations. We're in the same club. Uh, Oh, Give you a little God. wink when I see you next, huh? Uh, I was going to call mine Guntilda. Uh, I figure I could piggyback off of uh, yeah. some, some other intellectual property there. What's a good gun girl name? I don't know. Charlene so is pretty good. You know? well at gmail.com. What's yeah. your gun girl name? What, what have you called your gun? Like? Your girl gun. 
Why is I it? feel it should have a grand name like Victoria or something like, like that. Like a regal thing? Elizabeth. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it should have a sophistication about it. Therefore, yeah. it wouldn't be used all the time. Only, well, don't take Elizabeth down off the shelf if it's not going nah, to be fired. Yeah. Like, you know. If, we, if everyone in America names their guns a really fancy name, there could be less gun crime. I think that's an approach that needs to be brought up that no one's thought of, yeah? So we have the famous scene here now. This is my rifle, so it is. <laughs> there are many like it, so there are, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best mate. It's my life. I must master it as I must master my life. Without me, my rifle is fucking rubbish. Without my rifle, I'm bang useless. I must fire me rifle through, so I should. I must shoot straighter than my enemy who's trying to kill me. I must shoot him. Before he shoots me, because if he shoots me, well, well, what's the point then? <laughs> <laughs> Iconic stuff. It is actually, there is an actual rifleman's creed you take in the Marine Corps. Wait, but it's not that. It, it, well, it was that. It, there's, a modern, there's a modern version of it now, but if you're in the Marine Corps, you have to take the... The current text is, this is my rifle, there's many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend, it's my life. I must master it as I must master my life. It's much more about getting living your best life, <laughs> live, laugh, rifle. Without me, my rifle is useless. Without me, my rifle is useless. I must fire my rifle through, I'm a shooter, my blah, blah, blah. that's all the same. Yeah. Here is very interesting my rifle is human even as i because it is my life i will learn it as a brother i will learn it it as a brother i will learn its weaknesses its strengths its parts its accessories its sights and its barrel i will keep it clean and ready even as i am clean and ready we will become part of each other we will before god i swear this creed jesus fucking christ is ominous it's sexy isn't it it is I want to All fuck right, that guys, gun. I'm just going to go get in bed with the rifle real quick. Uh, let's go do a swirl. <laughs> a little one, that's all. So, Pyle is not having a good time uh, oh. uh, at this, is he? Like, no. You know? I mean, I, I'm i going to say, I, I was a, a big lad doing PE at school, and this is, <laughs> this is like that times a billion. Get the it- fuck off my obstacle, <laughs> chaplain! <laughs> Get the fuck over my obstacle! Uh, I yeah, I can empathise with this so much. It's why I'm not in the army now. It's <laughs> literally that's it. Like you know, I'm so just the, a bit fat, so I can't do it. I mean, I I would hazard to guess that I didn't have this experience necessarily in PE because mm. I wouldn't get to the point of attempting the obstacle to be given right. out. I do remember getting a hard time from certain teachers. Yeah, but those teachers were kind of. Bullies who were bored doing shit in boarding school, I've come to learn. My mm. actual PE teachers were pretty fucking, let's say chill, but they were just a bit rubbish. They didn't care enough about me as a student to actually want to motivate me, to even have misguided motivation to be like, oh, I'll, I'll you know, I'll give them a bit of this. But I yeah. remember, like, when I was teaching, I had serious issues with, like, with some of the PE teachers with how they treated the students. I was like, mm. you can't fucking talk to people that way. Like, oh, I'm motivating them. I was like, you're making children cry. Find a fucking yeah. better way to motivate them. Like, you know, no, this... find, find a way to make someone do exercise that doesn't involve them feeling like their private pile and fucking full metal jacket. Like, yeah, no, I, this brings up quite a few old feelings. That did have... they give you the business, Sam? They did give me the business. So I, I... what is the worst, nastiest thing that a PE teacher has said or done? Um, no, I, the thing I just remember is like there being things that everyone else could do very easily and that I would struggle with and it wasn't like any kind of 
you know, PE teachers being full-on dicks. It's just the kind of, that feeling of lagging behind a bit and everyone being like, what the fuck's up with this guy? And then trying your best, but being a bit of a lummox, you know? Oh, so you didn't you didn't really get the business then, did you? Oh, no, no, I didn't get the business. No, I just felt the business. Oh, I see, so you had an internal business. Like... An internal business. Internal yeah, yeah. business. Which is... <laughs> Both internal <laughs> barrels of the internal business? <laughs> Sounds like a film, doesn't it? Internal, internal business. business. Oh man, that could totally be. It would have Piers Brosnan in it. It would, and it yeah. would have Gerald Butler. But you think he's the goody, but he's the baddie. Yeah, and yeah. It sets. You think it's a thriller, but it's actually an action movie. Internal <laughs> business. Yeah. So Joker is a Protestant because he doesn't believe in the sacrosanct Virgin Mary. Mm. So he doesn't. That's a strange question for Hartman to ask there. Yeah. Also, I, I must realize his name is Hartman as opposed to just the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket as mm. he's more frequently known. Yeah. Sergeant Phil Hartman. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So because he doesn't love the Virgin Mary. Yeah. Uh, and when he's asked that question, he's the drill sergeant Hartman is saying like well do you love the virgin mary and he's like no it's like well why are you saying that he's like well if i say the opposite to what i just said i'll get in more trouble for reversing what i said he's trying to do the right thing but he gets put with pile as i think kind of a punishment there really isn't it oh i thought it was really like a it was a congratulations you figured out how i've been doing that you've like you've worked out my very basic psychology like oh, yes okay. if, if you did go back i would have been more angry and that's why he makes he make some squad commander so he does get a bit of a boost from that like okay i thought it was like well you don't believe in the virgin mary so you're gonna have to look after pile who as we all know believe in this virgin instead <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. And he does, and he does, and Joker is really nice to him to begin with, isn't he? Yeah, he just needs a little bit a... of peer mentoring. That's all that's going on here. It, it shows that what, what Pyle needs is a softer touch, and he will eventually get the job done. Because he gets over the obstacles. He learns to maintain his gun. He learns to make his bed. He does all the stuff that he needs to do, just because he's being instructed in a different way. So he ends up being uh, not a bad Marine, as they say. No, it's as if... Different people benefit from different teaching styles. And no one benefits from being shouted at. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Marines are not allowed to die without permission. That is inconvenient. <laughs> there is a lot of corpses who need to get a bit of a talking to because you fucked up, you goddamn corpses. Do you think they call it the Marine Corps? Because mainly it is a banging rhyming word. What, to rhyme it with other fun things in songs? Yeah. One, two, three, four, I love Marine Corps. One, two, three, four, say it one time more. Yeah, uh, probably. I love Marine Corps. It is not a bore. You know, it's very easy, you know? Mm. You know, Marine Corps is not a chore, you know, despite what you may have heard. If you pronounced it how it looks, your rhyming options are limited. I love Marine Corps. I don't want to be a corpse. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're kind of stuck after that. Is there anything else that can rhyme with corpse? I really don't think there is. Well, that warps. 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 Yeah. 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 Warps. Corpse. Just think about it. You could be the Marine Corpse. I mean, see, calling the Marine Corpse just literally sounds like a dead guy. And that guy's died without permission. (laughs) Hey, get a load of that Marine Corpse. (laughs) Get a load of that Marine Corpse. They died without permission. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's inspection time. Everyone stands on their locker with their hands out. They have to have the clean fingers. Mm. Gotta have uh, clean toesies clean beds making a bed with just sheets fuck that shit mm, not even that just put me in like just say i'm a deserter put me in prison i don't care like i'm not i'm not making <laughs> not doing it. I'm, I'm not making a bed that is that uncomfortable and that hard to make 
you know? Yeah. No, it's not worth it. If it was that much work to get a nice snuggly duvet, I'd be like, okay, you can tempt me. And the uncomfy one was the hard one, you know? Mm. But it's it's not fair otherwise. No. Uh, so Pyle ass unlocked his locker. Uh, yeah. Now, in Marine Corps, that means you get in trouble. In my school, it's meant that your Game Boy Advance gets stolen. So, you know, no deal. Uh, is, that, is that based on actual experience? Uh, no, I actually did lock my locker. What happened is they lifted the paneling above my locker and took it out anyway. So, uh, uh, okay. And I lied to my parents mm. and pretended I had a Game Boy Advance for two whole years until I was oh, able to no. save up enough money to buy myself my own one. So I had a load of oh. Game Boy Advance games just sitting from like Christmas going, oh yeah, can't wait to play oh. it. Didn't get stolen because I'm too anxious to tell you. Oh. Those are the, the real criminals there. I bet you didn't factor that in, huh? And guess what? You stole the Game Boy Advance, not the SP, and it ain't got no backlight, so enjoy <laughs> your migraines! <laughs> so the, the Foot Locker has been unlocked. Yeah, um, Jelly Donut Gate, mate. Oh, God. It's, yeah, I've, 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 I've drawn a load of sad faces on my notes here just to, like... Oh, there's there's four. Wow. Yeah, it's really sad. He snuck a donut from the, the mess hall, and now he's in a whole world of mess, isn't he? He is. He's, he's messed up. And particularly as well, when he says Jelly Donut, which just for me now feels like instead of a jam donut, mm. it feels like a donut filled with the pie jelly that we mentioned in the previous oh, episode. imagine that if you... If you had a lovely donut, uh, you were really looking forward to it as a nice treat, and you bit into it, and all that came out was pork pie jelly in the middle. You know what? One time we got <sighs> jelly donuts in, uh, or jam, should I say, donuts yeah. in school once, and they obviously didn't defrost them right because they all looked lovely and they're under a heat lamp. And I go, yum! And, ah, and there was like it's a solid. S- a solid, it was a, a raspberry stone inside, essentially, that I bit into. <laughs> Fucking horrible. <laughs> Oh, God. So, Drill Sergeant Hartman here, he... I feel I've seen this tactic used before in some other situations here. He turns the other cadets... Yeah. Yeah, he turns them against Pyle, rather than Pyle being punished, they're all punished. Yeah, and he says, you've not been doing... Like, the reason I've obviously failed is because you've not been doing your job. That's the only reason why he's not getting it. So they beat him with... They beat him with bars of soap, Mm. which I believe is how Leo beats his girlfriend Shelly in Twin Peaks, uh, if anyone was interested. So, uh... Fun little bit of trivia there. Little bit of horrible trivia for you there. Uh, Allegedly, soap doesn't leave a bruise. Neither do phone books or oranges, apparently. What? Yeah, I don't know. Um... Oranges? Yeah, these are all bits of pop culture. They don't leave bruises. Yeah, you know what? It's the type of thing, Sam, where I don't want to alter my search history so much and, you know, start putting in, like, ways to beat people and then, you know... uh, Oh, God, yeah, without leaving bruises. My Instagram ads have just gotten to a point where it's like, oh, I might actually like that. And I don't want to be like, oh... (laughs) You want to start advertising soap on a rope to you? Yeah, you want to say, oh, do you want to beat someone in private? Here's some hot links for you. Like, you know, are you interested in all of these musicians' autobiographies? They make Joker hit him as well. Whoa. Oh, God. Ah, the old ritual beatings, like. Fine. It'll be all right. I'm not going to lie, that bit reminded me of school quite a lot. Well, you you went to a boarding school, didn't you? Yes. So this kind of shit, I imagine, happened yes, at some point. Yes, it did. Yeah. Lots. All I've the time. I've never experienced any of this, but you might have been adjacent to it or even involved I had, in it. This, the worst happened to me was I had candle wax poured all over me uh, when I was like in my first year. 
we had a tradition in my school called White Lady Nights, where the 18 and 19 year old men would go down and beat the shit out of 11 year old and 12 year old boys and pour candle wax over them and stuff like that oh uh, yeah originally it was meant to be like oh we all dress up and it's a bit of a tribute to some old fucking thing and we uh, you know it's just a bit of a boo and a ah but then yeah. it became people beating each other beating up pouring children wax on people pouring wax on them like and uh, <laughs> and honestly though the funniest thing was when the wax was poured on me it was such a like it's not happened before or since I just remember kind of going ah oh, wait what is that what oh it's wa- wax oh that will just come off oh look at that Whoa. I was just kind of like a bit confused going what oh, all right like you know well that it doesn't leave a mark that's a, a thing I was lucky I got waxed I didn't get actually ritually beaten which happened yeah. to many other students so you did know. it yeah in, it did in your school yeah but then they, uh. they they gave us a hamper of sweets afterwards because we complained and they were like okay guys we'll give you a hamper of sweets it's like guys when we were beating you, we, we didn't mean it. Yeah, you know, we Wait, meant you it complained a, to the the people who poured wax on you. No, we complained. We complained to the to the deans, and then they made the older students buy us uh, um, some. So I got a toffee crisp out of it. Right. I thought you did this direct. I thought you went to the kids who beat you up and were just like, "Guys, that was out of order." They're like, "You know what? You're right, guys. You know, bang out of order." And I feel <laughs> you should give me a toffee crisp. Really, you know, I got a toffee crisp out of it. You know, yeah. I mean, I let the guy beside me in the other bunk who got literally beaten. I let him take two double deckers because he earned those yeah yeah jeez happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday to jesus that may be a little hint for what we're doing easter time this year oh 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 Oh. Well, I feel we could go back and do a little bit more God shit, you know? Uh, All right. Seeing as Passion of the Christ was such a fun episode. Also, very popular episode. We did used to, in, in school, though, we would sing, we had a special boarding school Christmas dinner before we would go home. We'd uh, sing a happy birthday Jesus. Like, that was a, uh, a tradition that we used to do. Right. Uh, and the priests would smile, so they would. Oh, uh, well, that's nice. They were mostly, like, old and shit. They didn't know what was going on. No, like, they're just smiling know. at anything. Is that, like, my, you know, the way, like, an older person will recognize the name and go, oh, yes. You know, they, they recognize mm. Jesus. Like, oh, we know that one. Oh, LJC. What, from the Bible? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fortnite. Mm, yeah. <laughs> he, he's yeah, our bloody yeah. favorite, mate. <laughs> yeah. uh, Pyle gets simultaneously very good and very weird once rifle training starts. Yes. And uh, that freaked me out a bit. Uh, also, what I found quite funny, and I hope this was meant to be sort of bleakly funny, was that the drill sergeant, he is chatting to all the all the lads. And giving examples of murderers and how good they were at shooting. And, like, what did they have in common? They're all Marines. And give a Marine some motivation and they can shoot from really far away. But his examples are, you know... Lee Harvey Oswald and shit. Like, yeah. It's kind of funny in a... a really sad way the good old days when when high profile murderers and killers were all trained by the marine corps now it's just you know apps and <laughs> shit like and youtube, <laughs> YouTube yeah. tutorials you need a youtube and a 3d printer that's all you need these days so Pyle's chatting to his gun he's getting really good at shooting in fact the drill sergeant is kind of proud of him at one point he says we, we found something that you're good at and he makes infantry because he's got a yeah. uh, dead aim he's very very good yeah I, I, the guy who plays Pyle, he also plays kingpin in the new uh I, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, very good very yeah, good very good it's graduation john hurt still has not shown up in any of these graduations oh don't 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 remind me don't remind me and then Pyle only bloody goes and dons the full metal jacket he puts it on he zips it up you know <laughs> 
<laughs> Looks at camera. And this says, is the camera. This is a pretty nice full metal jacket. Uh, yeah, full metal jacket, I imagine, have a lot of zips. Yes. And the more zips you have on your jacket, the cooler you are. That's the rule. Yeah, it's the real like. The, you rule, know? the more stuff you can carry in your jacket. Well, it doesn't even have to have pockets. You can just have zips that don't lead anywhere. Fake so, zips. <laughs> so, Sam, he goes full metal jacket. Yeah. Give us a sense of what goes down here. We have our scary angles, as, <sighs> uh, as you mentioned earlier. These are yeah. some fucking ominous, and the fucking dark wave synth we have as well. Mm. The subtitles here said in square brackets, like, somber music playing, but it was creepy music playing. It was yeah, it was not, of, s- not somber. somber. Come on. So, Pyle, he's graduated. He's got into infantry. He's actually kind of done it. He's made it through, and he's got there in the end. To... He's been made into a killing machine, that's the thing. He's been dehumanised. It's too much for him. He's he's in the loose, and he's looking super creepy. And not like someone normally would in the loose looking creepy no, for no, a different no, not reason. not that kind like... of creepy, like murderous like, creepy. I've done a really big shit or something <laughs> like that, you know, coming out looking a bit creepy, like, what have you done in there? Why is the seat so warm? I don't think Pyle did a poo. He might have done. We don't know. That might have been why he was there in the first place, but he brought his gun. <laughs> So yeah, he yeah he Charlene. looks he looks really scary. We get the shot of his kind of uh, smile that's kind of horrifying. It's a very good shot, and it's a and very I'm like oh you ain't the Joker, okay? Uh, <laughs> that guy that smile, Joker. you know. And then of course he has the the famous line: "Living in a world of shit, <laughs> living in the first lane." And then he shoots his drill sergeant, and then himself. Yeah. Well, we get major malfunction as well. Oh yeah, major malfunction. That's the last thing that is said by the drill sergeant. No one ever says numbnuts afterwards. They go, "What is your major malfunction?" Numbnuts. Numbnuts. That's gotta go as one of the worst, like last, you know, lines ever spoken by someone. Like you know, I mean. Damn, that's going to be what you, your last word. What is your major malfunction? Well, he says that and then starts saying some other shit and gets shot. Didn't your mama and daddy give you enough loving? Yeah. Well, obviously not. <laughs> no. Bang. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then we are hurdled unwittingly into the supposed less good second half, much larger part of the film. Yeah. I mean, that, that segment, which is about the length of a... US TV drama. Yeah, it is. It's a HBO, isn't it? It's a solid 40-45. And it it does feel like it could just be its own self-contained thing. It has a start, a middle, and an end. It has a kind of a message. It has Um, this obvious central character who is Pyle. Because, honestly, Joker... Cowboy, the rest of them, you don't... Everyone's fucking bald and shaved head. How come the only two protagonists, other than Pyle, both wear fucking glasses as well? Like, it's so... Mm. It's like, I don't care about Joker at this point, and now he's no. at war, and I think that's, like, no. a big fuck-up. Yeah, you, you establish two very good, very compelling lead characters here in the drill sergeant himself yeah. and Pyle, and then they're gone for the majority of the movie. Which, you know, is... Uh, it's not ideal. I get no, why. This is this is like in wrestling when Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah, and yeah. The Undertaker left at the same time. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> it the is two like that. big stars. The reasons why you're watching are gone. Wrestling kept happening, and there were still some good people in wrestling, but it didn't feel the same, did it? No, it took too long to actually care about those people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You've not so- <laughs> built those people up in the first place. You banked on your big stars, and once they're suddenly gone. You haven't made main eventers out of the mid-carders. God, in, in this f- is getting a bit 
smarky now. In fairness, Sam, though, I mean, Stanley Kubrick did know Private Pile was going to shoot himself. He could only, you know, book the rest of the movie on the fly, like, you know. The second yeah. half of this was written on the back of an old packet of Benson and Hedges, so it was. Yeah. And, you know, we come to Ho Chi Minh City, where Joker, mm. who is now living the La Vida Loca, indeed, he is a press man for Stars and Stripes, mm. the magazine for the Marine Corps. And he's propositioned very famous line here me so horny so me am uh so uh, he's been propositioned by the prostitutes in vietnam i yeah i now realize where a lot of racist jokes come from yes yeah, south like park this uh, love this one uh, so it is indeed like yeah <laughs> like, i thought like oh that's where that bad thing comes from oh it's where that bad thing comes from as well oh and that one there's like a, a three whole three or four like key phrases here that we uh that we I get. mean, I will say it is definitely, I mean, I'm under no false illusions here. This was definitely done and is probably very accurate uh, to represent oh. the, the verbiage of the time and whatnot. I know. I, I probably definitely wasn't Stanley Kubrick's intention to no, no, enable no, I, a whole generation of bigots, but he did in his own little way. Yes, I, no, I, I know that there is an authenticity to some of the uh, more difficult language in this. It's some fucking serious salt and pepper on, on the old hateful language in this. It was shot, honestly, it was shocking. I guess it shows how much, like, times have changed. Because, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I remember watching this movie a whole bunch. I saw this movie first when I was, like, eight years old. Like, I remember seeing yeah. this way too young. And I think the last time I watched it, maybe it was around ten years ago, maybe a little longer. And even still, I was just quite shocked watching it. Like, mm. how fucking on the nose. Like, both the, the black soldiers and all the Vietnamese. It's like... <laughs> It's a fucking shit experience for them. That's not a nice old war, is it? But then again, what wars are? A war hell. It is, yeah. And sure, they called you limeys, so they did. And that was horrible for you, I imagine. That was very mean. It's like calling someone chinny for having a big chin. (laughs) (laughs) I'll cut that out. (laughs) So we cut to the newspaper office where Joker is being a little bit of a jokesman. With his commanding press officer. Yeah. It's kind of like mild propaganda's going on here. The guy who's in charge, like, he knows exactly what the fuck the whole role of it is. It's it's mild propaganda. Everyone hates the war. It should put a smile on the grunt's face when they read it. The story should either have a happy ending or it should be, like, you know, uh, inspiring or something like that. Yeah. It's not there for actual reporting, which is what, what no, no, Joker's no. trying to do. And honestly, like, that, I don't really, like, know your audience, you know? That's why we have high-profile analysis here, because only film buffs listen to (laughs) Cinema Swirl. And uh, I think Private Joker is laughing up the wrong tree here with his reports of wars where no one dies. Come Mm. on. Put some death in there, mate. You know? Key to any good story. At least one person should die for it to have any sort of point to us. I like the, the nicknames that they've accumulated from their drill sergeant have carried over into their actual war life yeah i I accidentally wrote down here the shit i think that was someone's nickname like they're called (laughs) the shit but they're talking about being in the shit the shit yeah yeah you got newbie raffman who wants to get out on the front line because he's all salty and then Mm. everyone's kind of like everyone who's at the base where they are is somewhere relatively safe so everyone's either been somewhere horrible or has not been at all so everyone's kind of a little bit on edge because they mentioned things like the stare, like when you've been out in the field for too long and you just kind of get a bit... Thousand yard stare? Yeah, that's it. Which I, I mean... always get confused with Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I've had a thousand yard stare after a thousand <laughs> island dressing, like, you know? It's it's quite rubbish. It's a bit tart for me. Okay. Give me Russian dressing or give me death. That's what I say. Mm. So the base gets attacked on Tet, and Tet is like, Tet's the business in Vietnam. It's yeah. Christmas and New Year's and Easter and Pancake Saturday all rolled into one. This is Tet ceasefire, isn't there? There's meant to be, yeah, because yeah. they're like, and Joker, he's got the word in the street there's going to be an attack, and he's like, nah, nothing's going to happen, and well, something only does, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I sat Tet out this year as well, like, but that's just me, you know? <laughs> yeah, you do. No, no, no shooting on Tet. No shooting on Tet. No, like, me neither. Know. I shoot off my mouth on Tet, but that's about <laughs> it, like, you know. <laughs> make Tet sound like it's an app that you tet. post rants on. I shoot my mouth off on Tet. Hashtag get Tet like What's he been doing? Oh he's been shooting his mouth off on Tet again like He just wants to add to his Tet story That's all He's (laughs) just looking for hits It's becoming a bit of a shit sandwich this war And we're all going to have to take a bite Lovely disgusting Mm. phrase there Sam What is the worst sandwich you've ever had? Go Oh That's a tough one I don't think Mm. I've had any particularly bad sandwiches Really? I don't like a crisp sandwich or a chip butty. You don't? No. Well, actually, I I don't like a chip butty because I've had a chip butty. I've never had a crisp sandwich. I've eaten my dinner and literally the exact second you said that, I went from a state of being here and now and to being very hungry. Like, crisp sandwich is a beautiful thing. I've never had one. Oh, The idea of it makes me feel a bit queasy. Why? I don't know. It's something about the texture of a, of crisps in a sandwich. Oh, it has to be very bi- cheap bread. Do you have the, butter on the bread? You do. You have thick, thick oh, butter. I don't like butter and crisps and bread. <sighs> Those are like... I like butter and bread, but I don't like crisps being in there. You know the way they say that some there's certain genes that people have that will determine life expectancy? You've got the gene where you find the concept of a crisp sandwich disgusting, and mm. therefore you have an average of a plus five higher chance of life okay, expectancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've not got that. I've got, I've got the crisp gene. You what know, crisp goes in your crisp sandwiches? Traditionally, it would be a cheese and onion, but a very... Okay. And, and honestly, like a Walker's? I, Nah, I mean, like a I love, you know what? I like a Walker's. I like a McCoy's. It's got to be Tato or, or honestly, truthfully, King Crisp, and that would be in Ireland <laughs> now. All of the uh, all the listeners would be going, "Yes, Kevin, you King do," because crisp. with the plain bread and the the butter, you need a very breathtaking crisp, something that has slightly too much seasoning on it, right. a very dusty fucking. Ugh. I've not had King Crisp, and neither have I had Tato, but I've heard good things about Tato from Irish folks. Yeah, and you're not allowed them. Am They're I not? All, no, you're not. As a you're you're not allowed them. Um, I think I saw them in Tesco. I might get some and just eat them. Oh, you son of a bitch! Stop! <laughs> you're a, that is that is cultural appropriation. Stop it! Stop eating my culture. What little of it there is Never. left. Never. <laughs> Can they eat all the cult? Can they gobble it down? So Joker and Rathbun, they're off uh, out in the field covering some of the action. All the bases have been hit on Tess. As they're flying over the helicopter, they meet my favourite character in the movie. Get some, man. Get some. Get some. Get some. Get some what? Bullets, you civilians. Yeah, he's he is just shooting civilians, isn't he? Yeah, he's shooting women, children, water buffalo. Yeah, everyone. Fucking everything, mate. I was trying to work out who this guy was. He looked familiar. He looked a lot like Nick Offerman without a mustache. If he was, like, younger. And he was jacked. Was, I, I actually looked it up to see if it was him, and it wasn't him, but I didn't actually look up to see who it really was. Do you reckon if you were a detectorist, if this... Because like, they're willy-nilly with the bullets in this movie. They shoot them fucking 
Every, like there is no like conserve your ammo there's nothing of that really even though they say it everyone is shooting for fucking like it's yeah. a predator and they're killing the jungle and they're not even shooting at shit half the time they're just shooting randomly at buildings and stuff if you were a detectorist in Vietnam it'd be mm. rubbish because there'd be so many shells everywhere well but then you could put all those full metal jackets together and make yourself a full metal jacket but do you think like in a Vietnamese a version <laughs> Like a Vietnamese version of the detectorist, like a bullet from an American rifle is the equivalent of a ring pull can. Like, it's just, they're everywhere. Oh, another and, bullet. And, oh, another one, like, you know. How many Probably. necklaces can we make? And that guy, the get some guy, yep. does say quite a cool line, which is, ain't war hell, like that. Like, sure is. Yeah, it is, because you're killing all the fucking civilians, you nut job, Jesus. You're very dehumanised, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you're okay. It may seem a bit like kind of par for the course now but seeing like kind of the horrors of war and whatnot but uh i remember watching a lot of vietnam movies because my dad loves fucking war movies he loves war Mm. movies he loves westerns i'm watching shit like hamburger hill and some real honestly quite tedious war movies because hamburger hill i know sounds delicious don't go there don't go there it is not it is not full of hamburgers i checked i literally watched the dad's (laughs) like do you want to watch hamburger hill like yes yes please yeah yes yeah can can we go there it sounds like a film that would have all of like the mcdonald's cartoon characters in it yeah hamburger hill hamburger i'm like oh no the pickles are coming from the pickle drumlins no it's not it's just a place where lots of war happened but a lot of the war movies particularly the vietnam war movies because the bad press that the you know that the, the war was getting yeah a lot of them are just simply quite you know kind of hey feel sorry for these guys because the situation they're in is very shitty and it's very yeah. difficult and that is very true to the experience but very few people were willing to be like hey people are getting fucked up and there are some monsters fighting this mm. war and the methods of war are quite i mean you got napalm in that war as well you know yeah this was quite uh, i think shocking in many ways for some and i know this movie didn't have a great reception when it came out even though it came out in the 80s mm. not sure if everyone was quite ready for uh, their uh, beloved marines to be uh, shot on quite so heavily <laughs> Yeah. Joker meets Cowboy. Yay. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's still alive, which is uh, good, I guess. With uh, the we... Lust, Lust Hog Squad. <laughs> Lust Hog Squad. <laughs> oh, I, I want to join the Lust Hog Squad. Is that DLC for Hogs of War? <laughs> the sexy hogs of Lust Hog Squad. Like, mm. Yeah. So the group you're introduced to it's kind of like hey yay camaraderie oh there's a dead guy here <laughs> i'm not human anymore whoa hey look at you hey i kill people i'm racist man it's like oh uh. it's all pretty yucky isn't it it's like you ever go to a house party like way and by the time the can is opened you're like oh this is not my scene get out of here <laughs> like you know yeah these are not these people are fucked up they're so weird all out city assault and it's fucking shit because mines go off immediately yeah tough break for hand job <laughs> yes hand job who presumably got that name from jerking off 10 times a day and if that makes you a section 8 kevin then send me home from the war because <laughs> finish, finish, finish your sentence. <laughs> i was hoping by that point i would have some sort of reaction from you and i wouldn't have to finish it. it's deathly silent like <laughs> you were just because I was about to go like kind of, oh, uh, someone should get 13-year-old Kevin and fucking get him out of the Vietnam War. But I'm like, ah, I'm not going to bother saying that. Like, and then you no. just come in, I wake 10 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's funny talking about wanking. 
Oh dear. So we get the soldiers being interviewed. I don't know if you recognized Animal. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw Firefly or Chuck. No. Uh, neither of those movies. That's uh, one of the Baldwins. I think Adam. Uh, Is yeah. it? Yeah. Like a Baldwin Baldwin. One of the Baldwins, yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, there's a million Baldwins though. Like, yeah, so. yeah. They interview all the soldiers. You get all the varying opinions of the war. Like, should we be here? And some people are just kind of almost just like licking their fucking chops about killing and whatnot. And then there's some people who are kind of obviously a bit don't want to think about us. Yeah. And there's people like Joker who are like, screw you, man. I don't care what y'all think. I'm here to enjoy the culture and kill people. Excuse me, young man. I thought you were merely going to blink 182 times. I didn't know you'd be talking about any of this nonsense. I, I like the little talking heads as a as a framing device for getting people to, you know, talk say about stuff war, or kind yeah. of talk about war or show off a bit or be weird. It suddenly turns into, like, The Office, doesn't it, for yeah. a few seconds. Everyone gives it it's a nice. look like as uh, yeah. the Viet Cong put their stapler in jelly or whatever. Yeah. $15 seems to be the going rate for prostitutes in Hawaii. It does, yeah. So, uh, I mean, this was approaching apprentice levels of negotiations here. Like, they, they, they got it down to $5. That's... Mm. Uh, Pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, what was the word that they used to describe the man's penis being too big? Roberto? Beauchamp? Bo- Bo- Beauchamp. Bo- like Bo- it's a beautiful <laughs> word. I think it sounds like Beauchamp. I think it's like the that. Vietnamese word for girth. Yeah. Big old dick. So the troop is lost. Uh, I, I like to refer to a group of Marines as a troop, like a wandering performing circus. Mm. They get lost and they're in for a deadly surprise because there's only a sniper. And this is the problem, actually. Right? I just feel like it feels very disjointed talking at the moment. I don't think, no, that's the fault of the podcast. It's the fault mm. of the fact this movie is, at this point, five or six very different set pieces. You've yeah. got newspaper office, Ho Chi Minh City. Now we're in the camp and now we're in the city. And it's all very, very different different yeah and now there's a sniper scene it's just all random it's a bit easy to get lost as to where you are which maybe is deliberate yeah i mean war is hell and war should i guess it feels purposeless at this point i guess that's the point yeah but uh i don't know i was not having as much fun as i thought i would be at this point no it's this this isn't a fun movie (laughs) you know but, like, I, I don't know about this, but, you know, I find myself now, at, yeah. at, the, at the ripe age that I'm at, I find myself very often, even though movies I'd be very interested in, I'm sure I'd be very entertained, kind of going, mm. Mm, I don't know, like, like, I've had Angela's Ashes on the watch list to show Joe for ages, and it's a right. mi- it's a great movie, but it is a miserable old piece. It, oh, for, of course you fucking haven't. Yeah. Um, but it's a miserable ex- experience in its own I can tell you that from the title, mate. I could have guessed that it's miserable. What? Angela's ashes. 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 I mean, someone's had to die. That's true. It's like the Big Lebowski. Spoiler. Fun ashes, like, in that, like, you know. (laughs) But, like, I find myself now kind of going with movies where it's like, I know it'll be good and it'll be entertaining, but it may not be fun, you know? In my head, I just imagined an alternate universe where the Big Lebowski is called the Big Ashes. That's making me laugh so Big much. Ashes, uh. <laughs> Big ashes. So, Apol heads out to see what's going on, and he gets mm. shot by a sniper. Almost like Boromir does, because uh, he gets shot several times. He's like, <sighs> Where? Yeah. Uh, and why, why about Boromir? Do you remember about Boromir? Got shot Didn't by he? an arrow. Just, all I'll say is, to understand Faramir's arc, oh, you really need to be going into Two Towers with a bit of Boromir knowledge in your back I've pocket. I've probably got to... Probably got to watch the first one again, haven't you? Yeah, I? you should. 
Fucking hell. Or at you least should. listen to the podcast episode. What, I listen to you go, mm, 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 compla- <laughs> complain about it, like. Uh, no, I'd say don't, because you will you will be the best person to convince yourself to not enjoy the other one. Okay. It'll just be you telling you not to give the other one a chance. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Cowboy, he, he's recently become squad leader because... The other leader died. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a theme here. Like, yeah, no, now you're the leader. It's and no one really knows what they're doing properly. And they're yeah, calling no one's listening to, like, to him either because he's like, all right, everyone stay tight. He's like, what are you talking about? He's got shot. I'm gonna run out. And, oh, he gets shot. Then animal goes too, and he's like, it's okay. Everyone come over. And then they go over, and then the cowboy gets shot. He's eyes. Yeah, they're all kind of like they're they're not kids, but they're they're not. You know, they're all a bit clueless, aren't they? They're dumb. I think they... They're... That's not their fault, but they're just... It, 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 <laughs> and I know we, we, we reference this a lot, but it is sometimes like watching things on The Apprentice. It is, Where yes. there is a leader, and but no one fucking knows what they're doing. And they're yeah. all just bickering and doing the wrong thing and uh, talking over each other. And they've all been led to believe that they can succeed at the task and in this process by going gung-ho, hell for leather, all guns yeah. blazing. And going rogue. It, it doesn't work. Like, there's no nuance to anything they do because all they've been taught to do is like to, to kill and run yeah. and kill and don't worry, just kill. Literally, like, kill everything that you see is one of the things that they are told. This is like someone playing XCOM who's only ever played Gears of War. You know what I'm saying? And they're just putting them in. It's like, don't you I'll need tell you to... what, Kevin, I don't know what you're saying, but please continue. <laughs> That's like saying, Sam, that they're going into... No, I don't... I'm not going to bother a Tony Hawk's 4 analogy on you. Is it's, it like if they're playing Mario and Rabbids unleashed or whatever it's called yes the, and they've only... only played odyssey that's yeah, it there yeah we go. exactly you now don't I'm on you're board. not considering the turn-based nature strategy. of your actions yeah the strategy in here mm. so animal mother he seems like a bit of a bastard initially he's a real piece of work isn't he real piece of work but he to be fair to him his gung-ho attitude is because he doesn't want to leave his friends behind to just die on the battlefield as it because he is the epitome of the marine which is yeah. you know marine corps is a brotherhood even if they're dead they're my brother and i have no to get man them, left you know? behind yeah it's and you know cowboy's not doing that and he gets shot for his trouble it's so shit and bleak where he's like i can i can do i can muscle through and that's his last words he dies it's ah uh, oh i can yeah. hack it it's so unglamorous i think that's the thing yeah. about this movie is that it in no way romanticizes war at no. all because even the bits where they're like yeah and shooting the guns off it's like you're wasting ammo or you're killing civilians or you're just fucking weird and you don't know what like, you're doing and you're yeah. just kind of playing at war rather than actually doing it cowboy does die in joker's arms as well and they were old mates and it's kind of sad and apt i don't know I was hoping that Joker would be shot and he'd be like, oh, I'm dying up here. I'm like, yeah, no one's actually a joke song movie. <laughs> ain't, ain't so funny now. And I guess if there is anything about this, it's kind of that Joker is learning that you can't be no fucking edgy alt lord in a war environment to come out the other side still being your fucking adorable self. Yeah. Uh, he's slowly chipping away at him whether he wants to admit it or not. No matter how much back sass he's got in the tank. But the, the good news is that Animal's yeah, desire to save his friends just gets more people killed. Wait. And just goes horribly wrong. You want to save your friend who's been shot? Well, why don't you save all these friends? Have all the shot <laughs> friends in the world. But they, they find the sniper, right? Yes, and 
Check your preconceived notions at the door, Sam, because the sniper is a lady. And I'm happy to say that we are living in a world now, 2019, where all boys and girls can be empowered and become snipers. And I like that. This is like one of those riddles where it's like, but the doctor was the... The guy was the son of the doctor. How does that work? It's, the doctor is a woman. I can't The be sniper a, is a woman. I can't operate on this man. I'm a sniper who is a woman. <laughs> I've got no training. I'll just kill him. That's all I'll uh, do. Knowing me, I'll probably only shoot him. You know me. And it's it's Rafa Man. It's Photographer Boy who saves the day here. Well, I say oh, saves the day. Shoots a woman. so fucking... Yeah, it's so grim. Because he's like... He shoots He's like, Wow! Yeah, baby! Yeah, Level up! Where's great? my ability points like? Yeah. I'm gonna so specialise me. Because he was bored of just being the photo boy. And he wanted to be in the thick of it. In the shit, you know? I think they implied that... like he knew Joker somehow from like his or his mom knew his mom or something like right. that like Joker like seems to be trying to keep him safe because yeah. you know, when he was sent out to the field he didn't want him to come with him he, he wanted to keep him safe and I think he just has that kind of you know he has that like late war like I want to get my action I want to get my shots I want to kill and, someone he what trigger time he said and stuff like that and yeah. yeah he's so which is fucking, not an only fools and horses thing it's totally no, different yeah. trigger time was the we, we got the one with Boise and I thought trigger time you know why my pitch I sent you the script, BBC. The least you could do is acknowledge my <laughs> efforts. The Trigger fandom want to know why you made a face when we pitched you. <laughs> uh, that script really kind of fell through the bar, didn't it? It really did. Yeah. <laughs> Joker and Animal argue about what to do with the sniper who is praying and then muttering the phrase, shoot me, over and over again. It's yeah. fucking horrible. The music is jarring. This bit reminded me of The Shining quite a lot in terms of that music that gets under your skin and just gives you the fucking heebie-jeebies. Joker doesn't want to leave her there to die. Animal kind of doesn't give a shit. And he's like, well, if you want to not leave her to die, you waste her. Uh... I didn't know uh, wasting someone, as in, you know, killing, was a phrase used in anything outside of the Grand Theft Auto series. Well, she's in the Warriors as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want them alive, if possible, if not wasted. So when Joker does shoot her, it's like, you don't even see her. It's it's all in his face, the whole shot. Mm. And, like, he doesn't even, like, react. It's fucking, he's he's not himself anymore, you know? Is that his first kill? I think, it's a... Well, it's implied that he's been at conflicts, but he's always been a... He's been a press guy, so this will be his first... He's shot at people. But not killed them up close, you know. He may may have killed someone, but confirmed kill. Yeah, this will probably be his first. And he rounds off the movie as they're singing Mickey Mouse songs, walking out of the city. I'm in a world of shit, but I am alive and I'm not afraid. So even Joker has become his own form of killing machine. Yeah, we get... A little bit of like reference back to Private Pile in that final yeah. speech, and also in the the Mickey Mouse thing. I think, and I'm probably looking too much into this, but when the drill sergeant kind of bursts into the the toilet or head, as it's called for some reason, he says like, "What's this Mickey Mouse bullshit?" or something like that as he comes in, and that just to that last scene with Pile, you know, with the gun and everything, when he comes in, he's like, "What's this Mickey Mouse shit?" And I think maybe it's. To make you think of that? I don't know. It's weird that they're singing the Mickey Mouse club. Yeah, it is kind of... I think in ways it kind of gets across that they're like, they are kids in in their own way type of thing. I don't know, me personally, if I was in Vietnam, I would have sung the They Might Be Giants Mickey Mouse song. (laughs) Ah, dang! Sam, how did you like Full Metal Jacket? Hey! Um, it was a game of a third and, and two thirds, wasn't it? 
It was. It was not a game of two halves no, at, the end, at the end of the day. It's tough because I, I was extremely... I don't. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of copying off the opinions of people that I've seen on the internet here, but I, I feel like I was extremely impressed with the first bit and less interested and engaged with the second bit. Yeah, I think, I think that's often the... This is a movie, like a lot of Kubrick stuff, that rewatches obviously help and all that. Mm. But I remember the first time I watched it, I like I didn't even remember the second half. I just like, yeah. hey, you know, no one quotes the second part well, of this movie, do they? All the memorable stuff is in that first bit. And that first bit is so good that I think that a lot of people want to kid themselves into thinking that second bit is better than it is. And yeah. I thought, this is the first time I've watched, you know, this is the first time I've watched Full Metal Jacket where I've actually cared about Stanley Kubrick as a director. and actually would be able to kind of go oh that's the type of a thing that he would do because when I watched it before I didn't you know I didn't give a shit about directors it wasn't something I was interested in Mm. and I'm a bit interested in the old Stanley Kubrick stuff particularly after The Shining and I was trying to keep my eyes peeled for like loads of kind of bits and bobs and surprisingly there's not a whole lot of like I mean there is some but yeah. There's not a lot of like essay work or symbolism or hidden meanings. You know, there's like there isn't the dissection of this like there is of like every other one of Kubrick's movies. It seems at least not on face value. I couldn't see yeah. as much stuff that you would be able to really dive into and concoct all sorts of theories about. It was kind of presented as what it is. You know, it's a war film. It's presenting the kind of grim realities of war. Is Vietnam, like, not part of the cultural zeitgeist anymore? Because I hazard to think it's not. If you think back to The Simpsons, you mm. know, Principal Skinner, he was in Vietnam. Like, it, it yeah. permeated a lot of... Like, I remember in uh, The Wonder Years, you know, he gets shipped off to... His brother gets shipped off to Vietnam. Like, there's mm. a lot of Vietnam stuff I remember from my childhood. And, like, I bet if you grabbed, like, a 17 or 18-year-old and went, yo, Vietnam, Vietnam movies or Vietnam things, what, what can you tell really me know. about? They wouldn't know, like... And not to say that no. we all know what the Vietnam War is about, because it's fucking confusing as shit vague stopping spread of communism but like we'd all know the symbolism a bit of the vietnam war i imagine Mm. from movies like this forrest gump had a big yes that's true yeah yeah i mean i from comics as well wolverine was in vietnam all the fucking goddamn time you know punisher was in vietnam you know there was so much shit with vietnam and i think it's just like it's skipped a generation now almost it's not as pertinent it feels to discuss you still get plenty of um, World War Two stuff. Yeah, people still love World War Two because yeah. well, they're still Nazis, so it's obviously pertinent, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you enjoy yourself? Because, I mean, that's really what it's about at the end of the day, right? If you enjoyed yourself. I didn't not enjoy myself. Uh, That's a weird way of putting it. You didn't have fun, did you? Or did you have fun? It's not a fun movie. (laughs) No, it's not. In parts, it's a very, very good movie. And even in the the bit that we're sort of saying is the lesser half, and I'm just going to say half for the sake of it, there's some really cool, well-directed shots and things. Yeah, particularly the cities where they're on fire and bombarded. It looks fucking beautiful. great yeah yeah really nice looking movie the choices of music are good yeah great soundtrack also as well of the time yeah there's um surfing bird at one point the boots are made for walking painted black at the end there's some good stuff in there in terms of the soundtrack the aesthetics of it the visuals the directing it's all great but it's just that first bit was so engaging and interesting and captivating the characters were so good and it was so tense and Mm. kind of uncomfortable and very easy to empathize with and be worried about and concerned about and the second half the characters weren't as interesting to me Mm. and their situation while you can understand the situation they're in and how difficult it is i just found it a bit tough to be as interested in that yeah yeah you know so, I mean, I imagine the, the first part, if you were to give that a star wipe weight, and it would be quite high then, I imagine. Yeah, it would. It, it's a difficult one, because 
all the stuff that people see as iconic from this film, from what I'm aware of, is from that first bit. That like to me, the helmet with Born to Kill is the the most culturally iconic part of the second half. And that's more the film poster than the actual. Yeah. Oh, it's a good poster, and there's good fonts on that poster. I love that poster. If I was to review the poster, five star wipes. (laughs) Fucking great poster. It's very, very interesting to see how you've gotten on with this, and I'm very interested to see the feedback from this. Uh, Yeah, I will need to press you for a star wipe rating, Sam. Uh, Have I given half star wipes before? We do not allow half star wipes. Shit. This is tough because it's like somewhere between three and four. Is it more three or is it more four? Mm, right, I, I'm going to say four Star Wipes because that first bit was so good. And that even if you... Like, the second half is not bad. second half is not terrible. It's still good. But it's just not as good compared to the first bit. But the first bit is so good that I think you can just close your eyes and your ears for the second half. And you, <laughs> it would still be, uh, you know... I'm going to say four Star Wipes. Four Star Wipes? Yeah. You heard it here first. Oh, Hello. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin. It was edited by me, Sam, and the music was also by me. Remember, you can like us over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl. You can follow us on Twitter. That's at cinemaswirl. And if you've got any questions, queries, comments, or other stuff, you can send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Remember, if you haven't already, to subscribe on iTunes or whichever podcast thing you use. And if you like the show, leave a review. And if you want to help us out, recommend us to a friend. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye.